0: strong knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving. Hello and welcome to
1: Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. I'm Jules your co-host. If you're new to this type of work please start with episode 1. If you're an intermediate student, you can start with episode 98, and advanced students, go ahead and fast forward to episode 200. With me, as always, to share her insights and her wisdom, and party like it's the end of the year, because it is, because this airs on New Year's Eve, is the spirit doctor herself, Kelly Sparta.
0: Why do I feel like I'm coming into a WWE? <laughs> <laughs> Your last name is Sparta. It Just saying, it is, and I would take them. You know,
1: we uh, we watched that movie, the the three hundred with like like the the Sparta dudes, and I'm like, yeah, that was nice. They 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 whoop some ass in that movie. That's all I got to say. Oh yeah, was I was
0: behind the scenes on that and how many hours they had to 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 train every single day to look like that. I wasn't do that. I was like, mm, okay, no, thank you. There's a reason yeah. I did not go into acting. Yes. Yeah,
1: but that was some nice eye candy. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, mm mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it just means everybody looks at me and goes, I am Sparta. You know? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yes. Everyone, Uh, everyone. I mean, fucking everyone. Yeah, (laughs) and that's (laughs) self-inflicted. Oh, and it so is. It so is because you know that I took this name. That's where I was, and it's still fine. So absolutely. So what? What are you doing?
1: Partying in like you know down in Panama for New Year's? What what y'all got going? I
0: haven't signed up for it yet, which means I may or may not make it. We record these in advance, so it's it's actually the 14th of December as we're recording this. Um, but there's always a New Year's Eve party that the Rotary Club throws, and uh, they often, you know, dress in costumes and things like that. And so, you know, they do this, you know, high fashion sort of thing. And so, um, last year, I was doing psychic readings for it. But this year, they're holding it in a different venue, and it is way too loud to even remotely consider doing psychic readings. So I'll probably just go and dance my butt off. I love to dance. Wait, oh, yeah, me too. Me too. That was way fun. I know funny. you do. You you yes. are like the queen of dance, man. You, you have like awards and <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I've been, yeah, well, I've been dancing since I was like, I don't know, three. Did
0: jazz tap hip hop? Don't give us like... The, the, the justification for the award. Tell us about your awards. Toot your horn, oh, horn baby. Oh, I will.
1: Toot, toot, horn. Toot. <laughs> so no, um, I've been a competitive dancer most of my life. So I did jazz tap and hip hop, competed with those you know, one different little things, um, depending on, you know, that was way back when. So honestly, I don't remember what it was. Um, and then, um, in adult life, I do West Coast swing and hustle, um, and a little bit of social ballroom, you know, um, waltz, cha-cha, stuff like that. And so, um, I'm intermediate dancer in West Coast swing and, you know, won a few awards there and did a few routines in hustle with my pro, uh, hustle dancing with my pro and won a few first placed on that one. So that was way fun. Yeah. She's rocking.
0: She's rolling. She's cooking with gas,
1: baby. Absolutely. (laughs) I was 95 pounds dripping wet and he would like throw me up in the air and stuff. So that was way fun.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, the, the things that we do behind the scenes here is that I, I watch TikToks that I find that are dancers and then I send them to Jewel on on Voxer and I'm like, look at this, look at this. And she's like, oh my God, I love them. And I'm like, of course you know them. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Jordan and Tatiana. I got it, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, that's Jenna Luca. Yeah, I know them. <laughs> He's a great leader, yeah.
0: Yeah, but this Wait is on. what we do in our back behind the scenes days. That nobody else knows about this. Is this is our little <laughs> secret thing? Well, they do now. They do now because you know I can't keep my mouth shut. We know that I, I have zero sense of privacy <laughs> for myself, you know, and and you know I'm very good about privacy for clients, but yeah, something like this nobody cares.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So, well, look, we're gonna be get we're gonna be partying on tonight and today with this episode because this is gonna be a really cool and awesome episode because we have josh Radwan. radawan there you Radoan go like radawan like padawan <laughs> and then we have cassie polzine with us
0: oh so we're we're excited to have these guys here so uh if you haven't been in the uh you know the um awake in abundance course or in any of the uh, uh ascend elevate classes that we've been doing for spiritual practitioners then then you haven't run into them yet but uh But Josh is actually in my spiritual coach certification program, and he is actually certified as a energy scanner, and he's actually the one who's listed on the website for doing energy scans right now. So if you didn't notice, there are energy scans available on the website for 97 bucks with Josh, and he rocks, guys. He's really good, or else I would not have put him up there because I'm a picky-ass bitch and you know it. So... Uh, so, you know, Josh is up there and he, he does that. And, uh, he's also getting certified to teach my Welcome to the Woo program. And, uh, so he has been on his spiritual journey since 2017 when he had a rude awakening, uh, that he will talk about, I'm sure. Uh, and, uh, really just changed his whole freaking life. And uh, so he's going to tell us some of his story as we talk about the addictions and spiritual awakening uh, topic today. Uh, and Cassie, his lovely fiance, um, is uh, she has been doing this work for over twenty years, and she's studied like so much stuff, this massive world of spirituality and metaphysics and the whole shebang, right? Um, And so she's got a huge amount of stuff in her toolbox. And uh, so the two of them together are going to have this conversation with us that I'm super excited to have because it's something that, that I don't see a lot of people talk about. And I think needs to be talked about more. And in fact, I think it it is something that is missing from both the spiritual world and from the uh, 12-step world. Uh, I think that that there is a need to cross-pollinate those two um, because they each inform the other, right? So I'm super excited. Welcome, guys. Uh, You know, give us a little bit about your story and about how you see... The the spiritual awakening and addiction side go together.
2: Yeah, so you know it's uh, I'm just I'm really grateful to be here. Uh, it's always just a pleasure being around you. And now Jules, keep putting like I said earlier, putting the uh, the the face to the voice. Um, it's, it's it's really good to be here. So it, it, like you said, 2017 a rude awakening. That's interesting. I didn't ever think of it like that, but it was a rude spiritual awakening. You know, I, I was floating through life for a long, long, long time. Uh, I grew up in Wisconsin, come from family of drinkers. You know, it, it's Wisconsin. We we are the heaviest drinking state in the world. I'm pretty sure the people of Ireland settled Wisconsin or vice versa. I'm really not sure how that works exactly. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I traveled around quite a bit in my youth and worked with construction crews. And I just really fell into the pattern, you know, the the pattern of heavy drinking, drug use. And I didn't have any connection to my spirit at all. You know, like I grew up, you know, and being sensitive to energy from a very early age, you know, being in churches, it just didn't feel right to me. Like I didn't, I didn't fit in. I didn't fit in with the mold. So once I got old enough, I just, I didn't, continue to do any work on my spirit for a long time and that's really what the addiction piece was for me it was a a spirit sickness it was something I was trying to use to fill that hole I just didn't know that you know I, I often you know chastised people in organized religion for phoning in their experience by um, you know, just listening to the preacher talk. But the truth is I listened to George Carlin resonated with what he says. I was like, I'm good for this life. I'm just going to, you know, tear some shit up and get moving on. So <laughs> George
0: oh, Carlin
2: in, in
1: <laughs> he's one of my favorites. Oh, mine too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, uh, you know, in, in 2017, you know, after years of heavy, heavy stimulant use, Um, Everything started, there was too many cracks in the foundation, and I became an open channel for a lot of of dark energy coming through. And, you know, most people talk about their spiritual awake process um, as, you know, having a connection to the divine, experiencing oneness. I didn't experience that at all. I saw demons. I was getting fed on. I was, you know, I, I just didn't know what was going on because every construct my mind had ever built was now shattered. And I had nothing, I had done zero inner or personal work the entirety of my life. And it was like I was facing all of my inner demons with the outer demons. It was brutal. You know, no no other word for it. It was just a very brutal awakening. And I, I ended up going to, to prison for a couple of years in, in, into 2020 and, and I'd like to tell you the the great hero's journey. Like I got out and all was well in the world, but I went right back to doing the same shit. <laughs> I started doing inner work in, in jail. And, uh, you know, it was three words that actually started me deeper into the path. And it was, you know, a letter my, my aunt sent me while I was in there. And the three words were God is love. And I finally had found a God that I could get behind. You know, there's just the simple fact that God is love. You know, any other teachings I've had, and they were very limited at the time, mostly to, you know, fear-based, you know, denominations in which, you know, I, I went to. But, you know, there was those three words that made me start to open up, start to open up my heart, start to open up my mind to something greater. You know, like I knew things, there were more things in the world now, but I was like... I, I come out of it. And I didn't know, is that psychosis or spiritual awakening? You know, like, you know, like every doctor, you know, they diagnosed me with schizophrenia. They put me on a litany of medications. And when I would tell them what I was experiencing, they just, you know, said that's schizophrenia. But I knew in my being the whole time that what I experienced was very real. But they didn't see it that way. And, you know, like, I, I do believe that there are cases where medication is necessary, but I don't think my particular one was one. Um, so in, in 2020, you know, I I got out and I was, I had relapsed, you know, three days outside of prison. I was in a halfway house relapsed right back to doing the same exact thing. And, uh, the, the, it, it got worse, you know, like these dark nights of the soul come and it just got worse. And I'm just like warrioring through this shit. It's like a Phoenix being returned to the fire without amnesia of the lesson it just learned over and over and over and over and over again. I, I couldn't stop. I, I I tried everything, and that was the that was the hardest part about it. This time is, I had, I was trying, and I just could not put it together. And uh, that's when Metatron showed up. And like I said, I was still very much you know, and to, to find an angel come through after, you know. You know, really being a sacrilegious prick most of my my life, uh, you know, to have Metatron come through and, in, the, in the form of sacred geometry and Metatron's cube. And, you know, from there, Michael, you know, the Archangel Michael started showing up and then Archangel Raphael. And I was still, you know, going through it, but I was putting longer pieces of sobriety together. You know, it, it was good. It was good. It was good to get to the other side of it. But I was still like what do I do? You know, like I have all these things I've experienced, and I have no door to knock on. So at, during that time, at the same time, shamanism kept coming up, you know, like it just the message of shamanism kept coming up. And it, it led me to one of Kelly's podcasts. So I, I opened it up I listened to it. And I, you know, had the courage to call her. And, uh, you know, we had a good talk that day, you know, I talked for about a half hour And like any great mystery school at the end of the call, she denied me entry into the program because I, because I was unsafe for it. I was still, you know, cycling through active addiction. And I have to say, this is the first person in the spiritual community that wasn't willing to take my money right away. So, and she gave me with some really good things to work on. And I came back five months later, knocked on that door again and, and she let me in and now we've been working together for about three years. And, my life has changed irrevocably. You know, I went from three years ago, literally at this time, being in the absolute fetal position in life, crying out for something to change. And through the inner work that she has uh, provided, it's it's brought me to a place where I'm doing public speakings. I own a metaphysical store. I'm a published author. You know, all, all of these things and, and taking the spiritual coach certification. But it was the addiction that led to the awakening. You know, it, it was, I don't know. You know, it's just uh, been a, been an interesting ride to say the least.
0: I was floored, to be honest, when you came back five months later because based on where you were, I expected a year or two. And when you showed up five months later, I was like, mm, I don't know, you're going to have to prove it to me that you're ready. <laughs> and and you totally did, and I was so impressed. And so, you know, this has just been, you know, this is the thing is that we can we can have uh, a weakness for, you know, whatever it is that's going on where we're trying to to plug our our pain with whatever this pleasure-seeking thing is. Um, But when we set our mind to it and we set our spirit to it and we commit to it despite any fallbacks or, you know, things that that happen and, you know, falling down and getting back up again, you get there. And, you know, that was the thing. uh, Looking at you from the outside... If I could point at one thing that was super uh, that that was super impactful for you, it was your willingness to stick with it no matter what, and and that you just committed to the path, right? Um, you committed to the path, and you were transparent and willing to ask for help and and doing the whole thing, and that you know when you will commit to the path more than you commit to beating yourself up, that's when you win, right? That's when you actually get somewhere. So, and that's, that's what I've watched you do. It's been amazing to watch.
2: And, and that, that shame piece that you're talking about is the hardest part for addicts, right? Especially addicts trying to get out of that cycle, right? It's like, you know, we want to get out and every time we relapse, you know, even though our heart wants something so much different that it, that so that sabotage, so, you know, cycle it just it, it's a repeat. You know, like I said about the phoenix, that's what it feels like. It's just like you're burning over and over again and you just can't comprehend. And then you're in this cycle of guilt because you're getting chewed on by things you don't necessarily think of. You know, it's not just you. It's, you know, for me, it was lifetimes of trauma. You know, it wasn't just this life you know it's it's stuff i brought into me and and family line stuff you know it's been a you know learning about all of it and and you know life had its fair share of traumas on the way up too so it was, it's been a fun life i mean like i'm excited to be at this seat today
1: <laughs> so what 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 made the difference um, where you were able to commit and actually latch onto it this time
2: you know truthfully i, I believe you know it was fear that led me to kelly's doorstep you know, it was, it was absolutely fear. You know, I just, I knew I couldn't go on any farther and I really didn't know how many more of these battles I had left in me, you know, like the, the things that I went through, you know, I don't know what everybody else's experience was, but I, I will tell you the, the amount of inner violence and outer violence that I, I experienced, you know, during that path, I just, I didn't, I wasn't, I'm not ready to go yet. And, I know I've always had this huge heart, and that was, like, why I think it was harder for me, you know, because I always had this huge heart, and, you know, being very empathic to the drugs, the alcohol, you know, like, it, it really triggered a lot of narcissistic tendencies, but I had this moral compass the whole time that just was at constant odds with the way I was and who I truly am in my nature. And and eventually it just, you know, I I didn't want it anymore. You know, I didn't want it for a long time. I just didn't know how to stop. So, but it's that, that shame and shame and guilt repeat cycle is really, I think the the crux of the addict, you know, instant gratification, shame and guilt is what keeps us in that loop.
0: Yeah. And what you have to recognize is that the shame and the guilt is actually a resistance to change. You know, it's the way that we keep ourselves from changing. The more time you spend in judging yourself, the less time you have to actually do anything about it. So the more you beat yourself up, the more you are stuck in your resistance. So the 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 path out of resistance in that is to stop beating yourself up and just get back on the path, right? To recognize that the self-abuse is nothing more than resistance. It doesn't serve a purpose. We think that if we beat ourselves up hard enough, that we'll we'll be better next time. That's not true. The more you beat yourself up, the weaker you become. And so it does not make you stronger. It actually makes you weaker. So the key is to stop beating yourself up and start finding ways to support yourself. Because that's how you build your willpower. That's how you build your strength. Your inner, inner fortitude is by reinforcing the good things about yourself, reinforcing the things that you can do, not the things that you can't do. Right. Yeah. It's what you focus on. You know,
2: uh, you know, a big part of it is like you're saying, reaching out for help. Right. You know, like, you know, I think a lot of addicts, especially, you know, in regards to stimulant use like cocaine and methamphetamines, you know, there is such a paranoia that comes with the extended use of it over long periods of time. That, you know, like during my awakening, I thought the whole fucking world was after me, right? Like I thought the whole world wanted me to burn. And literally that's what it felt like and what was going on inside my mind over and over again. And, you know, so to to reach out, you know, was like it, it was the biggest thing I did for myself in this path and to say I need help. And uh, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, it's tough when the brain has been wired for fear for so long to trust, right? Our, our, you know the the traumas we suffer, you know, all the experiences we have in life, you know, the you know, trust, you know, this it's all about trust and that there trust that there's good people out there that really do care and want to help and uh that aren't out to get you. And that was that was the big one for me. And that's why I reached out to Kelly when I did.
0: Yeah. And it, it happens with alcoholism too. My mother was super paranoid and she was an active alcoholic my whole life. So um, you know, the paranoia is is a function of, of the trauma as well. So you know most most people in these spaces have trauma. So you know the trauma is is the underlying piece and then it gets activated and built onto by the damage done to the brain by the different addictive su- substances, right? So, Cassie, we haven't heard from you yet. Why, why don't you talk to us a little bit about about addiction and spiritual awakening?
3: So I wanted to say thank you. This is this is a big step for me. Um, I have not shared my story publicly. He's had a few go arounds at this point. This is my first time, really sharing the, my story, so I'm grateful to be able to do it with you. What an honor to be doing it with you. This is really huge, so thank you. <laughs> um, so my experience was a lot different than his. Um, I didn't really have an awakening. I feel that I've been on my spiritual journey literally my whole life. Um, as a child, I, I felt misunderstood I experienced a lot of things as a child that caused me to question my reality. And and so I always was the sponge looking for answers. And I find it a blessing at this point in my life that I was raised by a self-proclaimed atheist. Um, she she didn't believe in anything, which gave me an open canvas to build from. So I didn't have you know any of the, the indoctrination or anything that made me afraid of any particular religion or spiritual paths because I wasn't raised that way. So I was just constantly curious. And when I was younger, you know, I remember being outside a lot. I love being outside. I've always been really connected to nature, you know, making the little mud pies and things like that. And I remember talking to spirits or fairies or whatever. I don't really remember particularly what I was speaking to or who I was speaking to, but I remember having these conversations. Um, As I got older and became a teenager, I I was a troubled child who became a very, very troubled teenager. I was very angry um, and I I had a lot of unresolved trauma and I really didn't know how to handle my emotions. And I ended up falling into alcoholism when I went to college. When I went to college, very honestly, like... I didn't want to go to college to go to college. I wanted to go to college to be free. Um, And so my freedom was found in in drinking. And my first drinking experience was at a college party where, you know, they're downing, you know, cans of beer. And this was my first experience. And I thought this was normal, right? My very first time drinking, I blacked out. And that was pretty normal for me for, for the following 10 years of my life. Um, this is in the midst of becoming a mother and um, trying to work in the real world and become an adult. And, um, you know, I knew pretty early on in my alcoholism that I had an issue, um, but I didn't know how to deal with it. You know, I went to counseling. I ended up getting in trouble with the government. I spent some time in jail um, and I I just wasn't really able to get it together um, during this time. I But I all along the way, I was always questioning things, and I was always deep diving and researching and learning all these different things. I had taken a class when I was in college, um, world religions, and that really opened my mind to all kinds of different things. And so when I was in my 20s, my later 20s, I started practicing witchcraft because I was like, this really seems really exciting and I'm really interested. Now, mind you, I'm still drinking very heavily during this time. I do not recommend this to anybody, (laughs) Um, but I started practicing witchcraft. You know, I got into tarot and, um, you know, I started doing spell work and things like this and. It got really interesting. Um, I, I don't even know how else to describe it. Like my life just got really interesting. It was very chaotic, very messy, very dark. Um, I got myself into some situations where literally I, I should have died uh, with my drinking because it was so serious, but I'm still here. Um, so I know somebody was was there with me during the times when, you know, I, I was almost, I, I almost crashed into a semi one time, you know, it was some pretty scary stuff that I got myself into. So anyways, I got to a point um, four and a half years ago now. I got to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I knew that the home that I had created for myself and my environment and the people that I was interacting with, like none of it was working for me anymore, and I knew that I needed to change something. So I ended up leaving home, and I took a tent and I went out and I started camping. I had about a thousand dollars in my pocket, and I just I went camping, um, and I started connecting to nature again. And I struggled a little bit while I was camping, but I had made the decision this is the only way. I am going to get better is if I start focusing on myself. So my things got really interesting once I left home and I started focusing on myself. About a month after camping, I was blessed with an amazing opportunity to move into my own apartment. This was my first time ever actually being able to build life for myself. Um, When I stepped foot into that apartment, I said, I'm never bringing alcohol into this apartment and I never brought alcohol into the apartment. And uh, so it's been four and a half years. <laughs> and I my, my life became so magical. We need to celebrate that. <laughs> yes. Dude, that's awesome. It is. And, and I would never have it any other way, though, because I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't had those experiences. So I'm grateful for all of it. Um, in any case, like... I thought I had it all figured out. You know, things really started happening for me. Just all these blessings were coming my way. And I really started opening up to, wow, there is more out there. I am being so blessed right now. Um, And I, I was just so amazed by life. I was in this magical space for like a year and a half where I was like, everything's working. I am on the top of the world. And then I realized that it's not just sobriety that (laughs) fixes things. (laughs) So, you know, I spent another year and a half in that time period really unraveling myself and all these things that I had been burying for years drinking Um, And just, and reading, journaling, Uh, tarot is the thing I tell everybody, tarot is the thing that brought me home to myself. Once I got sober and started using tarot, it really did different things for me. It helped me to unravel my my patterns and my behaviors and understanding, you know, how I can change things to, to do things differently and create better outcomes for myself. And it really brought me home to myself. So yeah it's been a it's been a journey for the last couple of years it's been even more interesting learning how to interact in the space of being really I'm really strong in my sobriety now but now it's like learning all the other pieces of myself along the way that um create the whole of me so yeah it's been a really cool journey and then this one crossed my path so it's been a huge a huge blessing
0: thank you for sharing that story um, you know the the thing that I'm I'm the thing that I've had, I've had long conversations with my husband, who's also, uh, you know, multi years in, in recovery, I think he's 15 now. Um, and um, we've had long conversation about the challenges with 12 steps and the benefits of 12 step. And, you know, the the importance of those first five steps, you know, getting to the point where you're willing to do the moral inventory, because that's where you're actually willing to actually start your spiritual work, right? Um, and at the same time, there's a lot about those steps that doesn't leave a lot of room for self-love. And so it can be a quite brutal process sometimes for some people. Um, and so, you know, this is one of the things that we've, Josh and I have talked about this too, right? Where it's like, okay, so how do you, how do you come out of those narcissistic tendencies to put yourself above everybody else and nobody else's needs matter and I'm going to do what I'm going to do and it doesn't freaking matter and blah, 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 blah. You know, you, you have to break out of that cycle. And so you can't come in with, you know, self-love because self-love doesn't make sense in that state. When you're in that state, you're not about self-love, you're about self-appeasement, right? And that's a very different thing. It's like, how do I, how do I get myself to shut up? Right? How do I get my pain to shut up? Right? Yeah. So it's it's not about self love. It's about shut the fuck up. Right? And, and, you know, getting my head to stop yelling at me. And so, you know, that uh, there's a lot there that has to be looked at. And so Josh and I had long conversation when before, before the spiritual coach certification happened, by the way, guys, Josh is responsible for the spiritual coach certification. He tracked me down and said, I want to teach this. You, you have to let me teach this. And we went through multiple different iterations of that. But months, he dogged me and said, you must let me teach this. And so, if you're out there thinking you might want to be part of it, you can thank him for that because it would not have existed without him. So, um, but when we started talking about that, was one of the things we we discussed was the possibility of of taking it into other other areas into the perhaps the prison system or into to the 12 step programs and things like that. So, you know, this is the personal growth is great. But if it doesn't come with transformation, then it doesn't stick. Right? If you if you only change what you do and what you say, but not who you believe yourself to be, then eventually your your discipline to do those things will break down and you will go back to who you had been. You have to actually change who you believe yourself to be and step into a new version of yourself, a new identity, because that's where change sticks. And that, I think, you know, both of you in your stories, I see that. I see the change in the identity. Right. It's the this is not who I want to be. This is who I want to be. And I'm going to live into this beingness. Right. And, and that that is the power step in that moment is to, to just declare that and to commit to it fully it's the commitment piece, right? We, we, we forget or we go back or it gets hard or N-n-n-n-n-n-n. I know how to be this other person. I don't know how to be this new person, you know, know how to be the old me. And that was comfortable. It's like, yeah, but the comfort was not so comfortable. Right. And it was my comfort zone, but it, fuck, it sucked. Right. It's like, yes, it's my comfort zone, but, the, but it's not comfortable. Right. So these are the things that I think are so important. Um, and the beautiful thing, having watched the two of you go through this, um, is that the two of you have come together in this beautifully meshed space, bringing your independent gifts together and making something that's bigger than, than the two of you individually. And, you know, the synergy is, is really quite wonderful to watch. And so you guys are actually doing um, a program of your own, called Healing Through the Chakras, uh, Using the Energy of the Archangels. Is that right?
3: Yes. We are so excited about this. I am very excited about it. Um, I think you should start by telling the story about how it came.
2: (laughs) Well, I have a wise teacher who happens to be on this very podcast, who told me to be wary of burnout. So I, I burned myself out in an August and I decided, okay, you know, I'm going to take a couple of days at the water park with the kids and just, mm-hmm. just relax. So I'm, I'm sitting there in front of Poseidon's rage and in a wave pool, watching everybody get blown around. I'm like, not today. I'm just, uh, I'm just relaxing, taking some sun. And then this download comes through about, you know, this class, you know, like the angels want me to write a, uh, a class and in regards to the chakras and working with the energy of the archangels. And I said, absolutely not. I was like, I'm here because I'm burned out. I'm I'm functioning at 20% battery and have been for the better part of a month. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it.
1: You told him no.
2: I did. (laughs) Anyway, we wrote the class. (laughs) So three three weeks go by and I was like, yeah, you know, Guys aren't getting off this one, are you? So I uh, we, we started writing the class, um, and uh, Cassie really put a, a lot of work into really putting a beautiful workbook together with this. Um, and she's going to let I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about that part.
3: So it was really funny because at first when this came to him, I really thought this was more his project, right? And I just was kind of kind of just observing it for what it was. And I started getting messages like he's he needs more. He needs more because he he just wanted to channel. Um, and I was like, this is a really big class and people are going to need information and things to read. And they're going to want to know more. Like, I know how I would be if I was taking this class and I know what I would want. And then I'm hearing this constant message. And I'm like... I'm going to have to help him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he was a little resistant at first but we worked that out. But then this has been such a beautiful process working through this class cuz as we've been writing it we're also taking it ourselves. Um, so we've been doing journeys to meet these angels cuz I personally haven't had a huge experience with the angels. Um, it wasn't until a couple years that I started working with Michael on a on a Small amount. But this class has really opened up my perception and and I love um, shamanic journey and I love that process. So incorporating that with meeting with the angels has been really beneficial for both of us. We've really connected a lot of a lot of key points in that way. Um, So yeah, putting together this class has just been a really beautiful process. I really enjoyed it. And I've been reading this book um, by Anna Anna Dia Judith, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, It's called Eastern Mind, Western Body, and it is an absolutely phenomenal book. And I've been using this book as kind of a guideline for getting myself more acquainted with the chakras and also to write this workbook and put this together. And it's really been helping to just unlock these deeper understandings of the chakras and how how they work and how they interact with each other. And then, you know, understanding how we interact with people and how our chakras being imbalanced cause these things. It's just been, it's been a beautiful journey for me personally, just being able to be a part of writing this class. And I'm so excited to start sharing it with people too. In fact, we've already started a little bit. So it's, it's been really cool. I'm so excited.
0: Well, and you know, when you have something like this that comes through you, you know, spirit doesn't give you an option. You know, <laughs> it'll let you hit the pause button, but it doesn't let you go. No, <laughs> it, you know, you can say no, but it, it goes. I'm Henry VIII. I am Henry VIII. I am. I am. Right? For those of you who know the ghost movie right yeah so you know spirit just does that shit right and and uh, you know josh you've got uh, the knowledge from learning all the stuff around the chakras in the energy scan program as well getting certified to do that and so there's all of that which i'm sure you know I, I haven't talked to you about it but i'm sure it's probably informing it but um the so tell people what they get out of taking the program what is the end result what why do they want to do this
3: for me personally when i was in a space where i would have wanted this class and i still do for the record but it allows you to get to know yourself deeper that is the biggest thing that you're taking away from this you are understanding how your energetic physical and spiritual body works and you're also getting an understanding of how to tap into the ethereal a lot of us don't know how to do that especially when we're kind of like fishing around for information everywhere i know I was for a long time learning how to connect to the ethereal with a direct connection and specifically the archangels which is um to me it's a palatable um expression of the divine, right? Like a lot of people have heard of the archangels. That's an interesting concept and it's really accessible to everyone. So being able to build that connection to the divine and also being able to build a connection to the self, which helps you to just become a better person, more understanding of yourself and other people and relationships
0: and community and all of these things. Yeah, and Jules and I are laughing because this was part of a topic of conversation that we had in the Wu Yu program recently about the recognizing when you've actually connected into the ethereal and and you know not like like being like I don't know how to get there. It's like well you've been there like 15 times, you know. I was <laughs> like then she's like I you know really? You know, and this was part of the, part of the
1: conversation, you know. Yeah. yeah. My analytical brain kicks in and I go step 1, step 2. Step three. No, it's supposed to be the same steps every time, and it just doesn't work that way. You know, I'm like ego. Stop it. Ch-ch-ch-ch. Go bake cookies. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's like that. So, um, you know, this. Uh, I'm I'm super excited for this program for you guys. I can't wait to see what the results are. I will say, you know, if you're out there going, well, you know, they're just learning it. Why are they teaching it? I, I, let me let me just explain something to you. When spirit hands you something like this. They hand it to you and you have to go through it first. That's how it happens. When Kathy was running Lumensgate, the Lumensgate crew, and, and this happens when we do our transformational events as well. When we create an event, we create it having never done it before, but we, we download it. and and structure it and you know there's there's pieces and parts but when you're doing that then spirit goes okay great we're gonna do this great you first and you're you're Put through that, whether you're actually walking through the ritual itself, you know, you're not actually walking through the ritual, but you were walking through the ritual, right? (laughs) I mean, the spirit gives you different experiences that take you through the ritual that you've just designed for everyone else so that you have the knowledge and understanding of how it works in order to be able to facilitate it appropriately. So when I hear people talking about stuff like this in this way, I'm like, oh, yeah, there you go. That's going to be transformative. I recognize that process right there. I've done that for many years. That's exactly how that works, right? And so, you know, this is this is one of those things that you have to recognize that that when things come through like this, this is exactly how they happen. And, you know, your life can get turned upside down and backwards and forwards and get a little wonky and weird in ways that you didn't expect and then you go, "Oh, that's what this is about." Okay. I know how to do this because I'm writing the program. Go figure, right? But <laughs> you still going to walk through it, right? Because you've got to have an understanding of what the experience that other people are going to have is going to be like. And so, you know, oftentimes our experience is a lot more intense than our students' experiences. Our students have much smoother experiences than we do.
3: I've I've been feeling that with this. I've been feeling like that is exactly the case. So it's it's funny because it's just been like, for me, like a process of just surrendering and stepping into the flow. And it's interesting because we're on this riverside recording thing, and we're actually sitting right next to a river where we're recording at.
0: So like, it's just so so relevant. You <laughs> well, we gotta love it when it lines up. So. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, so we're going to include the link in the show notes, but go ahead and tell people where they can find the link for your program. Um, do, do you have a quick link for them or we're we just going to put it in the show notes? I do not believe I currently have that. That's fine. We will just put it in the show notes. And, and if you guys can't, uh, if you guys can't you don't see show notes on your podcast player and you want to know more about the program, you can reach out to uh, Joshua at Kellysparta.com. Um, And then he will give you all the details that you need on that. Okay. And to be clear, this is not a program I'm running. This is a program they're running. So this is not part of the, the Kelly Sparta space, the, 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 the sacred power and purpose mystery school. It is not part of that, but uh, you know, I, I know these two and I know that they're going to be great at what they do. So I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes. So, okay. So with that said, uh, the two of you are in the, the uh, Spirit Sherpa Facebook group, right? If you're not, you should be right. (laughs) Cassie's looking at me going, "Uh, I don't know. Josh is like, of course I am. Yes, so they, if they aren't now, they will be by the end of the time we finish this episode and <laughs> before you hear it. Um, so that's another place that you can find them is in the Spirit Sherpa Facebook group, and so a Spirit Sherpa by Kelly Sparta uh, in Facebook, and you guys are welcome to come and join it. Most of the the people that we have on as guests are in that group, and so it's a great way to reach out and get more information. Uh, it's also a great way to connect with me and ask questions. I do answer questions in the group, so uh, you know just post. What you need to know, and and you know, I'm happy to share it. It's also a great way to say, hey, I want to shop. A, I want this episode or that episode. You know, can you do a, do something on this topic or that topic? So, um, so come out and join the Spirit Sherpa by Kelly Sparta Facebook group, and uh, and don't forget to sign up for the mailing list because that's where you hear about these things. Because their their program is going to be coming out on the newsletter as well. Uh, because I love to support my my spiritual coach students. So, uh, you know, that's a great way to learn about new things as well. So join the mailing list. It's on the homepage at kellysparta.com or you can be on the mailing list by downloading the Boundaries for Empaths program. We love that Boundaries for Empaths program. So uh, you can just sign up for that. It's free. free. (laughs) That's right. All right. I think that's what we've got. Uh, So wrap up for the day would be if you really want to change your life, change who you believe yourself to be.
1: There you have it. All right. Y'all be safe out there with partying for New Year's Eve. And that is all that we have time for this week and for this year, folks. <laughs> so tune in next time, which will be next year, when Kelly has an- another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Jules here with Josh and Cassie and Kelly. And you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, y'all. See you next
0: year.
3: Bye, happy new year. Bye, thank you. Driving down the
0: road, eyes on the horizon, within my car, I'm all alone. But feeling good and feeling strong, knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself. I'm driving.